Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. Welcome back to another episode of the 50 Most Relevant, where we work our way through who I think are the most relevant players worth having a conversation about across all of your fantasy footy formats in 2022. Yep, whether you play Super Coach, Dream Team, AFL Fantasy, you draft through Ultimate Footy, or pretty much any of the, or all of the above. We're here to help start the conversation this fantasy footy preseason. Talking about a fascinating player today. Jordan Ridley from the Essendon Football Club. And for our first guest of 2022, we had to get one of our favourites, uh, one of the legends of Dr. Supercoach. His name is Chizo. He's on the line now with us. Hello, mate. How are you? Uh, MJ, thanks for the invite. Like I, I should say straight off the top, I had to fight about four different blokes to get to this Essendon player. I'm very, sure. very excited. He's one of my boys. I've been pushing him for 18 months. I'm going to do it again. I'm jumping on the train. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you've got him. You, you fought your way over a couple of carcasses um, from the coaches <laughs> panel that we had to just say, lads, just just cool your jets. We need to let this man in having a go. Of course, if you've never been checked out any of the great work of Dr. Supercoach, make sure you go and check that out. There's podcasts, there's articles, and another Patreon that you want to get involved and support. Um, it's one of the great ways you can support uh, content creators just like Dr. Supercoach. Go check out patreon.com forward slash Dr. Supercoach. All the links are there. In fact, you can go and check it out in the link uh, description of this podcast for you to go and click on that and support these boys. They are doing some fantastic stuff, especially if you play in Supercoach. Let's talk about this 23-year-old Bombers defender last year. Had some pretty reasonable scores to go with it. Some career high numbers and then some career low numbers to go with it as well. Uh, last year, he had uh, one of his better ever scores in Dream Team and Fantasy. It was a 124 against the Saints. Career high number for him there. While in Supercoach, the same game, same career score. 147. He's averaged in AFL Fantasy at Dream Team at an 80 well, it's a 98.7 in Supercoach, but as we drill into those numbers a little bit more, you will still see as pricey as he might feel in some of the formats, there's some value hidden under the water of Jordan Ridley. He's priced just over 535k in Supercoach, just over 670k in AFL Fantasy, and just under 685,000 in Dream Team. And Chizo, you mentioned right off the top, this deep love of Jordan Ridley. And I suppose... It probably comes from this ability for him to find himself to be interjecting into a game at any point in time to score in all the columns. The guy's just a beast for us in the back line. He absolutely is. I mean, uh, the, the first thing that we always look at are these kind of guys is um, particularly coming from a super coach background like myself, the, the ways that they can impact the game. He ticks mm. all the boxes. He, he likes those intercept possessions. He gets those kickouts. Um, he just has the talent and skill to kind of play on any defender at any point in time in the game. So um, he's got, he's a multifaceted defender that I just really, really love. Um, and, but the thing that kind of stands out for me is just, he's still young. As you yeah. mentioned, he's still low twenties there's going to be some growth and development and we've already got such a high scoring defender leading up until this year. And it's just making me extremely excited about where he's going to go to this season. I know it's crazy to think that just two years ago, he was fighting for a spot in the, in that Essendon backline. 
and it's just as pure establishment from his scoring of what he's done over these past two years. You, you talk about that quality ball use that he does have and that ability to read the ball in flight, which in Supercoach is hugely valuable from a scoring perspective or if you've got custom scoring on in your draft format. But he was ranked seventh in the league per game for effective dif- disposal percentage, ranked 10th mm. um, for total rebound 50, 17th for intercepts, 19th for one percenters. Um, he just has this way to intercept the opposing team's forward movements. He knows how to position himself on those talls and those smalls. And sometimes that's been the kryptonite for him because of that versatility. But I think that's been resolved. We'll get to that in a second. But if we look back at what he did do for it last year in 2021 from his 21 games, he averaged 80 in dream team and fantasy Four tons, three more over 90. You, you look at that and you're like, that's not great. That's okay. We'll get to the narrative of why there's some real value for coaches to pursue there. While in Supercoach, that average of 98.6, a dozen tons, almost half of them were above 120, and six further scores of 80 plus. Chizo, these are great numbers, but I think sometimes if we just look in a glossy sense of going, oh, that's great. Oh, he's a 90s guy in Supercoach or he's a high 80s or 90s guy in Dream Team and Fantasy. Sometimes we miss the numbers where something happens mid-game, which happened in this Mm. case for Jordan Ridley that kind of skews the data a bit. Yeah, you're you're absolutely spot on. I think we can talk about all the 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 glowing positives that he does have. He does have. He's got all the positives in the game of being intercepting and um, good by foot. So he's going to be used as an outlet with those rebounds, as you're pointing out. Um, his versatility does hurt him, and he yeah. spent a fair bit of time as a lockdown last year. And I think, as you mentioned, he did lose a little bit of that freedom and that little bit of um, monopoly over kick-ins that we thought he might have. And they started getting spread between Redmond and Heppel Mm. um, because he was ended up following his lockdown player as they led up the ground, meaning he's not in the square for the kick-ins when they come around. So um, he does have... um, I wouldn't necessarily call them negatives. It's almost like how his positives work against him in a scoring format. Yeah. it, so it, it, it's one of those things where you're looking at you know, the, the positives and negatives, how do they balance out on the scales? Um, and it, it, just to kind of further exemplify that, his less freedom last year um, saw an increase in his amount of uh, possessions per mark. So mm. uh, he went from 2.7 um, per mark to 3.5 per mark, sort of indicating that he was um, not as free and able to take those intercepting possessions and marks as what we saw sort of linking into that lockdown scenario. The question is whether that's going to revert back into the twos this year and he's going to see some more freedom, MJ. Yeah, and I think that's what coaches are hoping for, something that resembles a little bit more of what he did in 2020 when he had a little bit more freedom. He had a little bit more monopoly on a certain key couple of elements because that year he averaged the 101.9 in Supercoach with 11 tons and just the one score under 70 all year. While Dream Team and Fantasy, it was the shortened game, so their scoring wasn't as true reflection of what they did as it was in Supercoach. But he averaged a 71.5 in that format. Or if you want to do the dodgy multiplication of the adjusted averages, it's up at the 89. I don't like doing that because it's you can never do that in pure reality but it gives a ballpark of what he is that in i think he's a pure 100 safe defender in super coach he would mm. have been there had he not had that concussion game 
um, up against Brisbane that was early in that match, he would have averaged 100 outside of that. He would have pushed into the mid-80s range in Dream Team. But I think there are two things as coaches hope he heads back towards 2020 or better. I think there are two elements that you pour, that you kind of brought out beautifully, Chizo. One of them is around his strength became his fantasy scoring reverse, which is that ability mm. to be versatile. They've now gone and got probably not the greatest versatile defender via the free agency, but I think a very, very handy one in Jake Kelly from the Adelaide Crows, who does have that ability to play tall and small. And if he's the lockdown defender, and that's the big if, if he's the lockdown defender, then coaches should probably be able to forecast some scoring boom to come off the back of that. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, that that's the big thing that I'm seeing moving into this season is that when you're looking at the the types that he's competing with for that third tall um, or, or that third lockdown defender, we just don't have we. I mean, because I'm Essendon, have. <laughs> Not, not a lot, and they share all their opinions with me. No, we just don't have that um, that depth of talent in that position, and yeah. so we're forced to play Jordan Ridley in that spot. And so um, he's not being utilized as well as um, the club would like. Jake Kelly, having played this role for the Crows, he's played on the you know the Charlie Cameron types, where you know the 190 centimeters that can also go with the fast guys, but can also um, uh, spoil and things like that. I think is going to really, really help him um, get freed up. And and again, from an Essendon perspective, if you're thinking about who you want to be rebounding from defense, you definitely want the hands in. Uh, the ball in the hands of Jordan Ridley, as opposed to someone like a Mason Redman, who yeah. um, reminds me a lot of uh, Brent Stanton. That a lot of times it was, I've got the ball, bomb it, get it out of here. Um, whereas Ridley's certainly a lot more composed, good Very short, precise. good long. Yeah. Um, and I think it's only a positive for us if we get the ball in his hands more. And I think Jake Kelly frees him up. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Kelly's a perfect addition for this side, which should create a greater boom. The next question mark coaches have will be, well, does he have the monopoly of mm. kick-ins and that's going to be the concern because we saw that that's a huge variable uh, especially with that now counting um, and Ridley had that for chunks of the year and for other chunks of the year it was as you mentioned it was shared across more Redmond but also through Heppel so what I did is I looked through the numbers of the games and went well there were nine games that Ridley had five kick-ins or more um, from this game and in those nine games he averaged 99 in Dream Team and Fantasy and 121 in Supercoach. So if he does pick up those kick-ins and you're going, oh, where's the world that he can push the top tier of defenders? He's just a flat 100 guy in Supercoach. He's just a flat high 80s guy in Dream Team and Fantasy. If he holds the kick-in and gets the heavy ownership of it, because he's not as accountable, hopefully, to be free to play third man up, second up at the contest, that could be the realm because in the other games that he did not have five or more, again, the data's a little blurry because that included the concussion game. And there were some matches where teams were really efficient and didn't give away points for those to be taken. But just for pure interest sakes in those 12 other games that he didn't get five kick-ins or more, he averaged 65 in Dream Team and Fantasy. Mm. He averaged 72 it in Supercoach. If, if he doesn't get anything in that territory, that's probably the only other concern for coaches is if he doesn't pick up enough of these and he doesn't get some freedom, he might hurt. But we do have enough data, certainly for super coach. And I do think there's enough in Dream Team and Fantasy that 
coaches wanting to look for some value and some upside at D3, Ridley's pretty hard to go past. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's the 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 story of the tape for a uh, an intercepting defender, isn't it? You know, it last year he had forty percent of his games were one ten plus in Supercoach, um, but then you've also got the fluctuations where if he doesn't have those kick ins, it seems to affect him quite significantly. MJ, yeah. so um, I guess this sort of links in with the previous point. If he is theoretically being, um, you know, freed up with Jake Kelly. He's probably not leading up the ground, playing that lockdown role uh, at the top of the 50 as the shot's being taken. He might be more intercepting, spoiling on the line. Yeah. That puts him within the region for him to quickly go get a ball out of the bag and kick it in. So um, I, I guess it, it becomes one of those philosophical choices of which side of the fence do you sit on? Do you You're sit right. on, yep, he's getting freed up. If he's freed up, he's going to be there to take kick-ins. Or is he going to play a similar role? Is he going to be yeah. playing more lockdown? Is he still up the ground when the shot's taken? So um, it's it's one of those things that this year he's, he seems slightly underpriced. There's a lot of positives going in. Yeah. He um, also has some negatives. He's got that, that versatility that plays against him. Yeah, um, he scores more in wins as well. So that's how true. well do you think Essendon are going this year, considering they've got a tougher draw based on where they finished last year? Um, I guess another thing to, to throw out there is his first eight games are at home. Essendon yeah. didn't play at home a whole lot last year. Um, does that help him in any any effect as well? So um, th there's a lot of things that are kind of sitting in his corner that you can kind of take either way. It's up to you to kind of make that decision for you. You've got to decide what side of the fence you're on with Jordan Ridley. Yeah, I think that's really fair. For me, the back line feels like the line where you can take mm. some real risks. It feels like the line that can make or break the, the year across formats there's some uniform agreement about what should or shouldn't happen through the rucks. There seems to be this felt perception of a clear top three forwards uh, that are super, you know, super and so far above the others, the midfield. Yeah. Okay. You know, potato, potato, it sometimes can feel like the same, but the backline things could really open up. And as you've seen through the numbers of Ridley over the past two years, as Chizos talked about the world where things could open up for him and for Essendon, he actually could be one of the best super coach defenders this year. Without question, yeah. in my mind, I see a 115 average as a probability. Um, mm. I don't see his basement dropping too far off what he is now. So for me in that format, it feels like a really safe pick to start yeah. the year with huge upside and not really a lot of risk in super coach. Yeah, I'll shoot something back at you that you can kind of take either way again, MJ. Um, he's got the round 12 as the buy round for the Bombers. True. And in talking about who he shares that with, um, he's sharing it um, with Whitfield and Jaden Short, who I think are you know two of the more premium options that mm -hmm. he's in direct competitive, uh, competition with. Um, it, you can take that either one of two ways. He, he's not fighting with the likes of a Luke Ryan, a Jack Crisp, Aaron Hall, yeah. um, Tom Stewart for those positions in your back line. So that's a positive for him. But then because he's also got the first buy round 12, we also don't want to be, um, if we're going to offset our buy rounds a little bit in our starting structure, it's towards the back end. Correct. You know, you don't want to be missing all of your premiums in the first round. So, you know, that that positivity is countered by the negativity that you probably can't have Whitfield, Short and Ridley, who all show great value this and year. they're all value picks to start. Yeah. They're all value picks. They're all in round, round 12 and you can't pick them all. So does he... Is he the best of those three? That's another call you've got to make. Yeah, and that's a perfect way to look at it. Does he start 2022 the way he started 2021, where the first four games, 90, 109, 124, 110 in Dream Team and mm. Fantasy, 125, 136, 147, 124. 
in Superwatch? Does he start like that? Or does he go like he did over his last four? 38, 71, 76, 83 mm. in Dream Team and Fantasy. 52, 91, 108, 80 in Supercoach. Yeah. It's going to be fascinating to see. I think confirmation bias probably determines where people go. For me, there is upside with Ridley. There's also risk because yeah. there's two big ifs. But that's what the preseason is all about. Starting the conversation, watching how teams play, watching those practice games, the dubbed Maynard community series that we might need to abandon that name because he's <laughs> clearly now playing in the back. Thanks to those photos. So sorry, Rids, uh, your name might need to change to something more hypey. So we'll see what we can do around that. But for me, it's going to be fascinating to see what people do and don't do in the back lines and with Jordan Ridley. All right, let's talk drafts before we wrap up this episode. Chizo, he's probably not ranked as highly as people might think him to be. We've got some really nice super coach defenders to consider off the back of last year. And Dream mm. Team and AFL Fantasy he falls off the radar a little bit, given that average of just being an 80. Where do you think he goes? And probably even a better question than that is, where would you be going for him on draft day if you were looking to pick up Jordan Ridley? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting question. I think um, DT AFL fantasy types, he's not that accumulatory player mm. that is just going to week in, week out, have 30 touches and, right. and be close to the mark. He is really dependent um, on him having a good day and mm. That's going to be a 50-50 chance uh, in terms of those formats. In Supercoach, is a little bit more consistent. Uh, he's probably not in the upper echelon. We're talking like the Jake Lloyds who are in the, the 105 to 115 yeah. sort of ballpark figure on a weekly basis. Uh, but he has shown he's got a really, really good ceiling in that format. Um, I'd be happy to have him as a D2, D3 if he slides in your, awesome. um, your league. Yeah. In terms of round, depends on, uh, you know, the size of your league, but probably a four to five. MJ, I think he yeah. is where he's probably going to go. If you're someone like me, you're probably more than happy having him at D2, particularly in Supercoach, maybe D3 um, in the other formats. What do you think? Yeah, man, I think you're pretty spot on the money there. People, are, if you want him and you see the upside, he's not someone that you want to let get away from you because there will be another coach, whether they're an Essendon fan, whether they've been listening to Dr. Supercoach or the coaches panel, or, <laughs> or, or they've just been watching the data trends for themselves and putting two and two together on a couple of things there to go upon him because you could be getting at a D2 price point or a, a very, very lucky D3. You could be getting D1 scores across the formats and that, and that's the great upside of what he does offer for you. Mm. Hey, cheese. I appreciate your work today in the 50 most relevant. Thanks very much. MJ. I really enjoyed being back. Uh, it's good to have you back, man. If you want to go and check out some of his and the rest of the team at Dr. Supercoach and their fine work, they've got podcasts, they've got articles and that Patreon. All the links for that are in the description of this podcast. So you can absolutely go and check that out. Uh, you can also go and jump and check out those guys on Twitter. They do some of the most brilliant work in the Supercoach community. Please make sure you go and follow and check out what those guys are doing. Tomorrow, another day moving forward into the 50 most relevant. Number 25. And I'll be honest, I got some news this week that when I saw it hit my Twitter feed, I almost thought about dropping this player completely out of the 50 most relevant. And then I remembered the preseason isn't done yet. And all it takes is a couple of weeks to go his way. And we've got a 105 plus proven midfielder at a stupid, crazy price. Who is he? You'll find out tomorrow in the 50 most relevant. 
unless you're one of our Patreons. You've already got the podcast in your name. <laughs>